what God has done. Psalm 40, verse 5 is our takeoff point. What God has done. And we'll look at three different aspects of that, and then we'll close with a special altar time today where I'd like all of us to come and stand or kneel or sit on the front here and just dedicate this year uh, to the Lord and thank Him for what He's done for us in 2022. What God has done. If you have Psalm 40, verse 5, say, I'm already there. I just realized that's a, one of my favorite country songs. I'm already there. Anyway, uh, I just had a flashback. Never mind. Uh, ADD, New Year, concentrate more, Jonathan. Okay. What God has done, Psalm 40, verse 5. Everybody say many. Many, O oh Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. We could just stop right there. We'll read the rest of the verse, but isn't that powerful? Many, O oh God, are your wonderful works which you have done and your thoughts which are toward us. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto you. In other words, we, we can't even list them all in order back to you, is what he's saying. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more, everybody say more, more. than can be numbered. Here's David, a thousand years before Christ, talking of the goodness of God. How, how much more do you and I on this side of Calvary have to be thankful for and grateful for? So, our key thought as we launch into a new year is this. I'll be introducing a, a theme for the year next week that the Lord gave me, but today I wanted to focus on this as we bridge 2022 to 2023, gratitude for what he has done and, and living by faith, moving into what he's going to do. We must never forget what God has done and what he is yet to do. Some people might get half of that right and say, well, I'm, I'm grateful he saved me and I'm thankful for some things he's done in my life. But they just kind of live as miserable joyless souls because they've forgotten he's also promised to do some things for us. When we must never forget what he has done and what he is yet to do. Some good things are coming, amen? Here's our first thought this morning. Let's not forget what he... Oh, wait, yeah, I forgot that. You'd think I'd never preached before. <clears throat> 4,500 plus sermons over uh, almost 44 years, and I still forget to do this every other week. All right, here we go. This is my Bible. I accept it as the supreme authority of my life. I read it daily to profit from its truth. I claim its promises in Jesus' name. I echo what Paulette said. The important thing is that you're reading it every day. If you didn't quite finish your plan, who cares? Reading it every day is, is the joy, the, the privilege, and, and, and the help to our spiritual growth. Find a Bible reading plan that will help you and just do it, no matter what it is. Use the Bible app. Use your own Bible. Try a different translation or some different study notes, whatever it might be. Last year, I read through Proverbs uh, every month. So 12 times I read the book of Proverbs last year. This year I'm going to read through the New Testament every quarter. 
That gives me a little broader, keeps me back in the New Testament. So this year, I, I will read through each quarter. January, February, March, I will have read through the New Testament. And then April, I'll start over again. Just different ways that, that I like to do that. You might have something different that you're wanting to do this year. Maybe you have a one-year Bible. Maybe you're going to read three Psalms and one proverb every day. That's an effective way also. Whatever it is, just, just get involved and do it and be Discipline every day. That's the important thing. What God has done, first of all, by saving us. When we're talking about, let's remember what God has done. Let's never forget that he saved us, all right? Let's never take that for granted. Let's, let's always keep it fresh. I'm getting choked up just thinking about this, and I didn't even anticipate that. But listen, Let's never forget the wonder of our salvation. And the older we get, if some of us, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just a crybaby, but the older we get, isn't it true the more precious it seems and the more tender and the sweeter we become as we think of Calvary and, and all that he's done for us? Never forget what he has done by saving us. A lively faith is blessed with a good memory. If you want to have a strong faith, if you look at others that are strong in the faith, you think, man, I want to be like them. How do I become like them? A lively faith, a, 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 um, a vivacious faith, a passionate faith is blessed with a good memory. It recounts the things that God has done, starting with the fact He saved us. Never, listen, Never forget what you used to be. And never forget what we're capable of a part of God's grace, apart from His grace. Never forget who we used to be. Never forget where you would be today. If He had not saved you, probably wouldn't be starting a new year in church. In fact, some of you, you wouldn't be up yet because you'd still be hungover from last night. Somebody say amen. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Right? Never forget where you would be today if he had not saved you. Speaking of himself, the Apostle Paul, who aside from Christ is, is rightfully viewed, I think, as, as the benchmark of New Testament Christianity. Not so. And speaking of himself, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1.13 that he was a blasphemer, and a persecutor and injurious. I wrote in the margin of my Bible there, Paul never forgot who he used to be. He never forgot. But listen to what he also wrote there. He said, but I was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy. Hallelujah. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. He never forgot what he used to be. <clears throat> Saul of Tarsus would always be in the background of Paul the Apostle. Did you catch that? Saul of Tarsus would always be a part of Paul the Apostle's story. But God intervened. Do you remember when he intervened in your life? Do you remember where you were when he found you? 
I know even some of us that, that maybe we're saved as children or teens and we didn't necessarily live a, a life full of sin and get saved later in life. But listen, we've, we've still sinned and we've still struggled with the flesh and we've still got a lot of stuff in our past that we're ashamed of. And others of us were saved later in life. Listen, do you remember where you were when he found you? Do you remember what you were doing when he rescued you? Do you remember the life that you live when his grace, as we sometimes sing, when his grace arrested you? Phillips Craig and Ding sang a few years back, once there was a holy place, evidence of God's embrace. And I can almost, I love this line, I can almost see mercy's face pressed against the veil. Looking down with longing eyes, mercy must have realized that once his blood was sacrificed, freedom would prevail. And as the sky grew dark and the earth began to shake, with justice no longer in the way, mercy came running like a prisoner set free, past all my failures to the point of my need, when the sin that I carried was all I could see, when I could not reach mercy. Mercy came running to me and God's people said, Hallelujah. Were it not for sin, death would have no beginning. But listen, were it not for one man's death, sin would have no ending. He saved us. He redeemed us. He rescued us. We're no longer slaves to fear. Look what God has done. And all of God's people said, Amen. Look what God has done for us by saving us. Look what God has done for us this past year. Everything I'm believing for hasn't happened yet, but he just he's blessed me this past year. And we've got grandkids. We found out, you know, about grandkids on the way this past year. And uh, just just wonderful church services here, our worship times, and a great trip to Sierra Leone a few weeks ago to wind out my year. God's done a lot for me. Let's not forget what he's done by saving us. Let's not forget what he's done. And even if you're not on the mountaintop yet, at least he's walking with you, right? Let's not forget that you're not alone. I love the way Maria said, and he hasn't given up on us. He doesn't give up on us, and he keeps encouraging us and loving us. Remember what he's done for us this past year. <clears throat> the word remember occurs 210 times in the Bible. Remember, 210 times in the Bible. And some form of thank, like thank or thanks, thankfulness, thanksgiving, thankful, some form of the word thank 134 times. So between remember and, and thankfulness, the, added, uh, the idea of gratitude, what would that be? 344 times remembering and being thankful. The first usage of the word remember. This was interesting when I came across this this past week. The first usage of the word remember in the Bible is in Genesis 8.1. And God remembered Noah. Isn't that awesome? By the way, the first usage of the word grace in the Bible is with Noah. When Genesis tells us, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then uh, uh, 
on the ark. It says in 8.1, God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters subsided. This, this may seem like a crude illustration, but as I was praying this morning, this phrase ran through my mind and I, and I inserted it into the notes. Gratitude or thankfulness is the faucet that opens up a torrent of heaven's blessings. Can I say that again? Gratitude, thankfulness, is the faucet that opens up a torrent of heaven's blessings. Not just a little trickle. Not like our Keurig machines that need cleaned and only a little bit drips out. By the way, anybody done that and had good success with cleaning a Keurig that could help a brother out, a church out? All right, I'll try to figure it out. I know you go online and it says use vinegar and all that. but Okay, we'll do it. I just thought if somebody wanted to take that on as their ministry, they could get the other two working for us. Not just a little Keurig trickle, but when, you're, when you live a life full of gratitude, gratefulness, thankfulness to the Lord, you open up a torrent of heaven's blessings in your life. First Chronicles 16, 12 exhorts us to remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. For some, 2022 has been a difficult year. Relocations. Some have had health challenges. Setbacks. Some have gone through lonely hours and, and holidays the first time through without a certain loved one in your life. For some, 2022 has been a year that has heard prayers that have not yet been answered. But listen, by faith, we are here this morning. By faith, you are here this morning. Even if 2022 has not been the greatest of years for you. By faith we have gathered anyway. By faith we shall not be moved. And even though the way may be dark and misty, and though the path may be rough, and at times the climb may be steep, we declare by faith with David of old, some trust in horses and some in chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Look what God has done by saving us. Look what God has done for us in 2022. We remember what God has done for us this past year. And here's my final thought today. The praise team is going to come and get ready to lead us in a closing song where we're all going to come and gather up here and sing one more worship song together. Here's our final thought. Not only has he done things by saving us and he's done things for us this past year, we remember what God has done by preparing for us. He's not finished. He's preparing for us. The best is yet to come. We remember. We gather today. And we remember what God has done by preparing for Not only do we praise Him for saving us, and rightfully so, not only do we praise Him for all that He's done these last 12 months, and rightfully so, but we, we praise Him. And listen, we're Pentecostal. We get excited about the things He's prepared for us. Because there is a world after this. Isn't that true? There is a realm beyond this life. There is an eternity that awaits us. And it is an awareness of eternity that keeps us centered through the storms of life. It's the bigger picture of what comes next. 
Did you catch that? It's the bigger picture of what comes next that compels us to persevere through the pain and the heartache and the disappointment. It's an eternal perspective of faith that gives us the strength to process grief and to process loss. Through that eternal perspective, as Barb reminded us, by being anchored in the Word. That's what keeps pride from taking control. That's what keeps narcissism from raging out of control. That's what keeps self from taking a larger place than it was ever meant to occupy. It's what keeps us from being toyed with and manipulated by the enemy and the individuals he would use to distract us from what he wants to accomplish in our lives. It's the eternal perspective of strength that enables us to cope with dying and death and our own mortality because we, we have a perspective of heaven. It's the knowledge that our loved ones who lived for God are waiting for us and praying for us. Hebrews says we're encompassed with a great cloud of witnesses. They're cheering us on. Because we believe in the resurrection. We believe there's something after this life. And we're grateful to God for what He has done by preparing for us. Jesus said in the first six verses of John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. What God has done by preparing for us, we get excited, we, we get energized, our passion is rekindled and renewed. <clears throat> when we hear those words, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way you know, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where you're going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Disappointment and grief may inflict their pain down here, but victory and joy evermore over there. Unanswered questions, true enough, and unanswered prayers seemingly in this life. For now we see through a glass darkly. But listen, one day what? Face to face. COVID may abound for a moment, but grace does much more abound. Sin and wickedness forever encroach upon the values of the just. But soon we shall live where those things shall not enter. Sickness and disease and death here below. But one day soon, sweet reunion with Jesus and those who have gone on before onto that heavenly shore. That's why we rejoice every time we sing with Phil Wickham and every prayer we prayed in desperation. The songs of faith we sang through doubt and fear. In the end, we'll see that it was worth it when he returns to wipe away our tears. Oh, there will be a day when all will bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Stand face to face with he who died and rose again. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. 
but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Oh, what God has done by preparing things for us as he is, John said. Listen, we shall see him as he is. No artist surrendering. No poetic descriptions. As he is, we will see him. No songwriter's fancy. No work of our imagination. As he is, full of grace and truth. Full of mercy and love. Listen, gang. We will see him as he is. No matter what religion is done, no matter what bad experiences within the body of Christ is done, here's the reality of who Jesus Christ is. We shall see him as he is, with a smile on his face, with joy in his heart, and with his arms stretched out to welcome us home. We will see him as he is. And today, we look back at 22 and we step into 23 and we say, thank you, Lord, for what you have done in saving us, in leading us through this past year. And thank you for all that you are preparing for us.